Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning, 1 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings chapter 2. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. 1 Kings chapter 2. We've been preaching through a, a series on Sunday mornings which we've titled, With All Your Heart. We see so much half-heartedness today and the day and time which we live. It seems like we just don't ever give the Lord our best. seems like whatever we have left over, that's what we give the Lord. And so many times that we fail to allow the Lord to have that which we give Him with all of our heart. Too many times I think that, that churches, we serve the Lord with half-hearted even, as well as just individual Christians. Second, uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, and of course this is, David's entered uh, the last days of his life here. He's about ready to pass away, and he sets Solomon on the throne. And he's beginning to give Solomon some wisdom here and some direction for uh, him as he reigns over the kingdom. We begin reading verse 1. It says, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the change of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments, and his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. As the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel." Look again there in verse 4. It says, the Lord may continue, that the Lord may continue His word which He spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, and that's what He says, to walk before me in truth with all their heart. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Walk in Truth with All Your Heart. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this, this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the, the ability, the opportunity, Lord, that you have given us to be able to be here in the house of the Lord. Lord, as we gather together, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in not just the singing that we just did, but Lord, also now in the preaching of thy word. Lord, I pray that you'd give me wisdom, give me direction, and Lord, may I get out of the way, and Lord, may you speak, and may you do that which is pleasing unto you. And Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified. May I decrease, and may you increase before the eyes of this, your people. And Lord, may the word of God stand true and, and strong in our hearts in a day, Lord, when it seems as though truth is being pushed aside. And now, Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts. If there be someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, their Savior, help them to understand their greatest need in their life is salvation through Jesus Christ and His shed blood. And Lord, I pray every Christian here that we'd be strengthened for the work that's before us in this day and time. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. As I said, David is, is giving Solomon... You might say a charge here as he is coming down to the latter part of his, his years. He's unable to uh, uh, rule the kingdom anymore and therefore he has to uh, turn it over to Solomon and put uh, a Solomon on the throne. David's lived his life for the Lord. You say, well, what about? Yeah, I know what you're thinking. But David lived his life for the Lord with all his heart. Even though he fell in the, in the matter concerning Bathsheba and having her husband Uriah the Hittite killed, murdered. 
Yet David turned to the Lord at that time with all his heart as Nathan the prophet came to him and pointed, pointed that finger in his face and told him he was guilty. David repented with all his heart and sought the Lord for forgiveness. You can go to the Psalms and you can see that. We find here that David has, has decided that he needs to help his son to understand and to see the need that's before him. David lived before the Lord with all his heart. First of all, David understood he had seen firsthand what happens to a king who fails to follow the Lord with all of his heart. If I was to take you back, and I'll read here quickly, David uh, had seen the, 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 the destruction of Saul, had seen how that Saul had lived his life, and he started out good, but he didn't finish good. And Saul's heart was turned away from the Lord, and he didn't walk in the truth of the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, we find the fall here of Saul, and in verse 18 it says, And the Lord sent thee, as, as the prophet came to, uh, Samuel came to, to Saul here, he says, And the Lord sent thee on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites, fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have, done, done the way, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me. And have brought Agag, the king of the, Mal uh, the Malachite, the king of the Malachite, and have utterly destroyed the Malachites. But the people took the other spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord, the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For, the rebellion, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Notice what he says, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. The Lord, he hath rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. You see, Saul wasn't walking in truth of the Lord with all of his heart. He decided he would do what he wanted to do. He brought back Agag, the king, and, and it was kind of like a, 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 a pride thing. He wanted everybody to see this king that he had captured. They brought back of the best of the, of the flocks there. They said they was going to uh, uh, offer them unto the Lord as a sacrifice, but it was His bounty that He was bringing back and showing everybody what He had done. When the Lord had commanded Him to utterly destroy everything and every Amalekite, and I would believe that Agag would be an Amalekite since he was the king of the Amalekites. And he did not do that. But he had turned and did not walk in the way of the Lord. He said, I walked in the way of the Lord. But he did not walk in the way of the Lord. He did not walk in the truth of the Lord. And so the Lord rejected him. And he turned the kingdom over to David. And now we see David as he's speaking to his son Solomon. He had had the first-hand first experience of knowing what happens when you don't walk in the truth of the Lord. He understood that because Saul sought after his life to destroy him and he's seen how it affected his life and the lives of others around him. One of his greatest, the greatest friend that he had was Jonathan and he's seen how that even Jonathan paid the price of what Saul did. 
as he walked not after the Lord with all of his heart. Listen to me this morning. When we fail to walk in the truth with all of our heart, it will affect us. But it will affect those around us. And so many times today we don't realize how important it is that we walk in the truth of the Lord with all of our heart. We see so much half-heartedness today in serving the Lord. We see so much half-heartedness in reading our Bibles and in praying and seeking the Lord. Many Christians today, they, they're, they, they don't have a prayer life. They have a little prayer time and they spend five minutes or at the most. The average, I, I read a, a while back, I read the average Christian spends five minutes in prayer a day. Folks, we spend more time than that reading a paper or looking at Facebook or, or doing all the other things that we like to do. Though it be the most important thing in our lives, we spend so little time with the Lord and in His Word and in our knees before God and seeking Him with all of our heart. So like David, we need to learn from what we've seen in the lives of others who we know have not walked in truth with all their heart. I believe every person in this room, you could, if, if you was to be honest, you could say, you know, I know somebody that was saved and I know somebody that, you know, they, they, they yeah, they went to church, they did live this way, but but they didn't really serve the Lord with all their heart. And I've seen a lot of things happen in their lives, and I've seen a lot of things happen in their families' lives, and the destruction and the problems that they faced because they didn't serve the Lord, they didn't follow the Lord, and didn't walk after the Lord in all their heart. So we realize that the destruction that it brings and the problems that it brings. You see, we must understand, if we're going to understand what he's speaking about here, and we've got to understand this, what is truth. This truth that David's talking about that we're to walk in with all of our heart. Look with me again, verse 4 says, latter part there, it says, To walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul. If you was to back up in, into verse 3 and notice there what he says, And keep the charge of the Lord to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses. He's talking about the word of God first of all. He's talking about walking in truth. He's talking about obeying and walking in with our whole heart according to the Word of God. You know, a lot of people don't even take the book and open the book anymore. And yet what we need to understand is that truth that we're to walk in is God's Word. The Word of God is so important in your life and in my life. We find over in, in John 17, 17, it says, Sanctify them uh, through thy truth. He says, Thy Word is truth. And you hold in your hands this morning, if you have your Bible with you, you hold in your hands the truth of God. We're living in a day and time when you don't know what to believe anymore. You turn on the TV and listen to the, the radio or you listen to the news outlets and different ones. You don't know what's true and what not true anymore hardly. So you, you look at the papers, you look at the, all these uh, 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 tabloids and these magazines and, and, and you, you can look at it and most of the time you say, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. We see this and that, and, and we, we've become familiar with the, the, the terminology fake news. And there's so much of it today, so we don't know what that type of truth is. But can I tell you that this is truth Amen. this morning? And there's no way around it, but this word is what we're supposed to walk in. We find also in the Psalms 119, one verse, verse 142, he says, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law, talking about the word of God, is the truth. Psalm 119, 151 says, Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. And so 
as David is speaking to Solomon, they had, uh, they had the, the, the law of Moses. And he's saying, listen, he said, you're to walk in, in truth with all your heart. He said, you're to walk after the word of God. You're to put it in your heart. You're to savor it. You're to, uh, to allow it to lead you and to guide your life. What if every Christian in this room today say, you know what? I'm going to let the word of God rule over my life and direct my steps and, and show me which way to go and how to make my decisions and how to live and, and what to say and what to do and how to obey God. Well, we begin to see a revival break loose is what we'd see. Not only is this Bible, His Word, the truth, but we find that the Lord Jesus Christ is truth. His way of life is in which we were told to walk is truth. Jesus Christ Himself is truth. We find in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so what you say, well, preacher, how we, we're to walk in the steps of Jesus Christ. We're to walk in the way of Jesus Christ. We're to follow the example that he set before us. We're to follow his way and manner of life. In fact, the Bible tells us, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we're to follow that way in which Jesus Christ lived as He followed the, the Heavenly Father and obeyed the Lord and, of Heaven. That's the way that we're to follow. Not just half-heartedly. Not just coming in and walking. Jesus Christ went all the way with His whole heart for you and me. He went to Calvary and died in our place that we could have eternal life. Amen. With all of His heart. And so many times we half-heartedly walk in this Christian life. You say, well, preacher, I just don't have the strength. Jesus said that, he, that He'd give us the strength. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And we're to walk after His truth and in His truth with our whole heart. My dad used to tell me, he said, if it's worth doing, he said, it's uh, halfway, he said, it's worth doing all the way. He said, you need to do it with all your heart. Do it with everything in you. And my friend, we need to realize it's time that Christians get, get on the firing line and begin to walk in truth with all their heart. This half-hearted Christianity is destroying our nation, is destroying our children, is destroying the testimony of the church. I'm going to tell you something today. One of the reasons that a lot of churches are, are emptying out and it's hard to get people in is because the half-heartedness in walking in the truth. They don't want to preach the whole counsel of God anymore, do they, Brother Ron? They, they just, they're not interested. They want to be popular. They want to be, they want to be known as a good guy. They want to be known as a person that, oh, good old so-and-so. Hey, I want you to tell you something. What we need today is not weakness. What we need today is some strength that stands on the truth of God's Word with all all of our heart. Amen. We're needing truth. In a world that's dark, without the truth, you can't be saved. Without the truth, many are turning unto the lies of the devil and their lives are being destroyed. The lost and even born-again Christians, their lives are a mess today because they won't walk in the truth. You see David here, he begins to speak from his heart as he, he's about to die. Look here in verse 1, 2, it says, Now the days of David drew nigh, that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. He's about to die. He's about to draw his last breath. 
Someone once said, if you want to know about a person's life, listen to their words before they die. If you want to know what's really important to them, listen to their words. If you want to know the truth, if you want to get some really good, uh, solid uh, stance from somebody, listen to the last words before they die. In my office, I've got two different books that are all their, their paperback books, but they're about that thick. And they are loaded with the last words of those who are, die, who are about to die, who are dying, the last words of the saved and the lost alike. And I mean, some of those words of the lost will make your hair stand up. Well, mine can't anymore, but it'd make, you know, if I had some, it'd make it stand up. And then you see the, the wonderful words of some that, who knew Christ as their Savior and the glory of, uh, as they're beginning to, getting ready to step out in the admonition that they give to different ones. A well-known person by many today, uh, I, his, his name is in there. I read it and I thought, you know, that's appropriate. Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens, and you many times you wonder, were these people saved or not? You don't, if you haven't read about their lives. And right before he died, he said this, I commit my soul to the mercy of God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now listen to what he's about to say here. And I exhort my dear children humbly to try and guide themselves by the teaching of the New Testament. Like David, he says, walk in the truth of God's word with all your heart. Dickens known so well for his writings and stuff, and yet so many times, uh, 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 and then when it comes down to death, he doesn't say, try to sell my books, try to make a living off my books, somebody follow my footsteps and write after me and whatever. No, he says, listen, he said, my children, I want you to follow the word of God. gives them the admonition that he knows Jesus Christ. He wants them to know what was important in his life. It was Jesus Christ. Like David, Charles Dickens wanted his children to walk in and after the truth. But then there's others in their last words that warn us not to live as they lived because they had wasted their lives. One that I copied out here, and let me read it to you. Many years ago, a young, man, a young boy came calling for a preacher who was holding a revival in a town to come talk with his dying mother. She was in great pain physically, but mostly spiritually. She cried out in agony, all is vanity, all is vanity. I have lived for self and tried to find pleasure at the dance and other places of amusement. I've neglected the salvation of my soul. I am unprepared to meet God. Pray for me. Oh, pray for me. Whilst I, while we prayed, she responded, Amen, amen. God, help me. What shall I do? Her ungodly husband cried bitterly while she told of their past sinful life. Her heart was hardened with sin. Her ears were dull of hearing and her eyes too blind to see the light of God. Her friends were coming in from the village and surrounding country to see her die. As they entered the room, she would take each one of them by the hand and plead with them not to follow her example, not to live as she had lived. Holding an uncle by the hand, a man deep in, in sin who had seemed to be far from God, she said, 
Uncle, prepare to meet your God. Don't wait until you come to your dying day as I have done. When you plow your ground, pray. When you plant your corn, pray. When you cultivate the same, pray. Whatever you do, pray. She died in the month of May in the season of corn planting. Many of her friends wept and promised to live better lives. Her mental agony was so far beyond her physical pain that she seemed to be unconscious of her intense body suffering. Her sins seemed to loom upon her as a great mountain hiding from from her the presence and the love of God. As long as she was able to speak, she prayed and requested others to do so. In a few hours, the voice that had been pleading so pitifully for mercy and warning others by the example of her ungodly life was hushed in the silence of death. You see, the last words many times are important words. And David's trying to get his son to understand, listen to me, I'm going the way of the earth, the rest of the earth. I'm dying. Listen to me. Pay attention to what I've got to say. He gives Solomon a, a powerful charge from his heart, exhorting him and his children to walk in the truth of the Lord with all their heart. David gave Solomon and you and me a reminder of the future of every man and woman and child. That is, in verse 2, he says, I go the way of all the earth. The Bible says it's a point until man wants to die. But after this, the judgment. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what your name is, doesn't matter how big a house you live in, doesn't matter what you drive, doesn't matter what you got in the bank. The Bible says it's a point until man wants to die. Every single person. David, the king of all of Israel, a man, the Bible says, is after God's own heart. He says, I go the way of the rest of the earth. He says, I'm getting ready to die. Folks, we need to realize death is a reality. Life is short. And it comes so quickly. And we must live as though it's coming today. We all have that appointment with death and there's no avoiding except the rapture would uh, catch us out of here. You see, are you ready this morning for that appointment? Are you ready to stand before the Lord? Or should I say kneel before the Lord? You see, Jesus Christ loved you and me so much that He went to Calvary. He took your sins and my sins. Even though it was 2,000 years ago, He took every sin that was in the past, in the present, and in the future. And it was nailed to that cross at Calvary. He died in your place and my place. He shed His precious blood, sinless blood, to cover, to, to cleanse a fallen man who had sinned beyond recognition. We have rejected him. We were without, without hope and yet he died in our place. Well, this morning he stands at your heart's door. If you don't know him as Savior and he knocks, he says, if you'll open the door, he said, I'll come in and sup with you and you with me. But it's up to you, it's up to me at that point in life, to receive Him as Savior. Boy, in the middle of May in 1975, on a Wednesday night, I remember receiving Jesus Christ my Savior. My friend, I'm not what I, what I ought to be, and I'm, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm not what I was. I have Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I have hope in eternity. Jesus loves you and me, and how we need to understand, like David said, I go the way of the rest of the earth. I'm going to die. 
Are you ready? This morning, are you ready? He could come before we get out of this, out of this auditorium. He could come in, the, come in the air to catch us out of here. In the, and would you be left behind? Or if you was to die today, where would you be? David said, I go the way of others. David wants him to understand, I've got a great message for you, a great, a great charge for you. And David tells Solomon he needs to step up to the great challenge that's before him. Look in verse 2 and 3 again. He says, I go the way of all the earth. Then he says, be thou strong, therefore. Show thyself a man and keep the charge of the Lord thy God. You see, Solomon, we don't, many times don't stop and think about this. David had defeated all these enemies, basically. He put down all the uprisings. He, he had fought the battles. He'd fought the wars. And, and, and he, he was unable to build the, the, the temple of God because he was a man of war. And, and God said, I'll, I'll let your son do that. And, and so here's David in, in, in the last hours, basically, of his life. And, and, and uh, he, he begins to, to charge uh, a Solomon. Solomon was raised... Uh, up in, in the kingdom there after the battles many most of the battles and the fighting was done you might say that Solomon was raised with a silver or with a golden spoon in his mouth he didn't have to fight the battles his dad did he didn't have to worry about uh, 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 plowing the corn and and feeding the feeding the sheep uh, they had servants and David looks at him he says be a man Be a man. Can I get on a hobby horse just for a second? We need some men. We need some men. Not these little pretty boys. We need some men. Those guys putting curlers in their hair. Sandwich bags on their head. Come on now. We need some men. And I'm not just talking about macho men. I'm talking about men who are going to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about someone that's not afraid to, to pick up that book and, and, and walk across a, in front of somebody with the word of God in their hand. Who's not afraid to say, I go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. When we have revival, I go to revival services and I, I'm trying to live for God. And people may laugh and people may walk and, and, and talk about you. But my friend, it doesn't bother you because you're a man. You're not some sissy boy. You men raise your boys to be men. Get them all a pocket knife. Ah, they might cut themselves. Yeah, they probably will, but it'd be good for them. <laughs> they might have to get stitches. Can I tell you how many times I've had to get stitches from a pocket knife? And my wife still lets me carry one. <laughs> See, a pocket knife make a man? No, but you let them be a man. We don't need them running around their skinny jeans. I told you I was going to hobby horse a second. 
We need men that's going to live for God, that's going to serve God. Going to be the man of the house. I'm not talking about some brute. I'm talking about a man that knows how to, to treat a lady, Amen. how to love her, and, and, and how to raise the children under the word of God, and how to, to put God first in the home. But let me meddle a little bit farther. We need some godly ladies. We don't need you to take the place of the man. We need you to be that Holy Spirit in the home. That loving wife, that loving mother. You see, when the child comes running to dad after he skinned his knee, he said, So? That child can run to mom and she said, let me fix it for you. My kids always run to mom. Because they knew, I was like, so? It's quit bleeding, you'll be all right. Trust me, I worked on the ambulance. I know, it'll clock, you'll be all right. So what are you saying, preacher? We need some men and women. That's going to live for the Lord and walk in His truth with all their heart. So that their children know in a messed up world that thinks Dr. Seuss is something evil. And the Muppets is something evil. And Pepe Le Pew is something evil. They need, we're, we're living in a messed up thinking world. Where are they going to get that if they don't get it from mom and dad? Where are they going to get godly direction if they don't get it from mom and dad? They need that because the world is crowding in. And, and here is, here's Dan, uh, uh, David. He said, listen, he said, I'm telling you, son, you listen to me. I'm getting ready to die. I'm going to give you something now. He said, be a man. Live for God. Serve God. Serve God. He goes on and says, keep a charge of the Lord thy God. In Solomon's day, in ours today, we need the Christian men and women to step up to the great challenge that's before us to live for the Lord. Far too many are floating, expecting others to live for the Lord while they refuse to stand strong and keep the charge of God. You see, you want a godly home? It starts with you. Let me say it again. You want a godly home? It starts with you. I'm mostly talking to the parent, uh, moms and dads in here, grandma and grandpas. We've got some teenagers, but one of these days you want a godly home. It starts with you. It starts right now, by the way. You guys, it starts with you right now. You, want, you, you, got, you guys want a good godly wife one of these days? You better say yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to change my message real quick. <laughs> When's it start? Right now. You live for God now. You young ladies, look around here and see where they're all at. You want, a, you want a godly husband? He may look buff sitting across the chair, but he's feeding himself one of them hamburgers you just cooked for him. But I'm going to tell you what, if he ain't a godly man, you might as well give him a bologna sandwich, half a bologna sandwich, and send him down the road. Because you need a, a godly man in that home. You need a godly woman in that home. 
It's going to raise your children to serve God. It starts now, by the way, young ladies. Don't set your sights low. Set your eyes on God. God will give you that godly mate. God will bless you. Too many times we think somebody else is going to take care of you. You want, you want your children to get saved and go to heaven? Yeah. Live right before the Lord? It starts with you. You want a godly church that is on fire for, for the Lord and sees souls saved? It starts with you. Well, preacher, I thought it started with you. It does start with me, but it starts with you too. This preacher can't bring you revival. I'm going to tell you what, you have a little revival in your own heart and life and it begins to spread into somebody else. They get a little heart and, uh, their heart right and get, have a little fire and revival and then I begin to walk with the Lord and, and, and with all my heart and have a little revival before long. Man, we got a fire going in the church, brother. You can't put out with just a, with just a, a fire hose. Man, I'm talking about from God and God moving in, in hearts and lives because people started themselves to seek God with all their heart and to walk after His truth with all their heart. It starts with you. It starts with me. You want to see things change in our nation and see revival in the land? It starts with you. It starts with you. Well, preacher, all these people up there in, in Washington. No, it starts with you. Yeah, but we get behind the good ones. Got one sitting right back there. Get behind it. Starts with us. Yeah, but what? Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I live in Missouri. Hunter last night was showing me, on, on, he, got, he, he, he follows, I guess, uh, uh, Governor Parsons on, on Twitter. And Governor Par instead of being at a bar and, and, and on Saturday night and, and, and all that stuff, you know where Governor Parsons was? Sight and sound theater watching the life of Jesus. I'll take governor like that. I'll take governor like that. But it starts with us. It starts with us individually. When we serve the Lord and walk after truth with all of our heart. You want your God to answer your prayers? It starts with you. Be strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God. Being a man of God, a lady of God, keeping the charge of, of the Lord. In, in Titus 2 and verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that, we might that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify Himself, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. I like that song, and here's the chorus for it. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old-time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking in the grand old highway, and I'm telling everywhere I go, I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. Then David gives him and each of us a charge from God. Verse 3 there in 1 Kings 2, he says, And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in His ways, Keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as written in the law of Moses. And that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. 
That the Lord may continue His word which He spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their uh, way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said He, a man on the throne of Israel. You see, walking in His ways is doing that which pleases the Lord, the good ways, not man's ways of self. Jeremiah 6.16 says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. Well, we need rest today. We need peace of God today. Walk in the way of God today with all your heart. Obey His Word, the Bible. Don't just read it and, and hear it. Obey it and apply it to your life. So many Christians, they, they go to church on Sunday, and, and, and Brother Ryan knows what I'm talking about. Boy, I tell you what, they go to church, and man, and they sit there smiling their face and got that Bible in their hand and everything, and, and they, they hear it preached, and they may even say amen once in a while, but boy, come Monday, they ain't living it. They're reading it, but they ain't living it. They're hearing it, but they ain't living it. Well, we need Christians today to live it with all their heart. James 1, verse 22, down through 24 says, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He looketh, or he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straight forward forget what manner of man he was. Just as David told to Solomon, the Lord would bless him and his children. Down through the ages, he said, I'll bless you. I'll bless your children if you and your children will walk in truth after the Lord with all your heart. Can I tell you that in your life and my life, if you want the blessings of God, the Lord will likewise bless you and me if we'll walk in truth with all of our heart. That wasn't just for Solomon. That wasn't just for Solomon's children. That's for every one of us. That we would walk in truth with all of our heart, not this half-hearted Christianity. I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians just half in, half out. Man, we need to get all the way in. But sad to say, Solomon, he did it for a while. But then Solomon went after other gods. The gods, little g's of his wives that he took and he didn't walk in truth with all his heart anymore because it had divided his heart to the gods of this world and the God of heaven. He built high places and he built groves and he built temples for all those wives that worshipped all those other Gods from all those other countries. The once great Solomon that had all wisdom couldn't be wise in the area of his wives. And his heart began to become divided. And he no longer sought the Lord with all his heart, no longer walked in truth of, of God's word with all his heart. Solomon dies. And guess what? There's consequences. Solomon's son comes to the throne. And because of all that had taken place, and Solomon's son 
Didn't listen to those who were wise, but he listened to the, hit the, those of his own age. And they said, man, uh, just be a lot stronger. Be a lot, tell them that, that you're going to be stronger. You're going to be harder on them. Your, your father's thigh was like your pinky. You're going to be so much harder. Your father whipped them with, with whips, but you're going to whip them with scorpions. And it split the kingdom. And from that point on, you look at what happened. And many times Israel went after pagan gods. What happened? When David was in there, they were serving the Lord God of heaven. When Solomon took the throne, David told him to follow the, the truth of God's word and to follow the Lord with, with all of his heart, that God would bless him. And for a while he did. But then he turned his heart and went to that half-heartedness. America is great because America followed God. But now our heart has become divided. And now we are drifted away from certain Lord as we should. This great nation needs to come back to the Lord with all their heart. Where does it start, preacher? doesn't start in the White House. It starts in the church house. We've got to follow the Lord with all of our heart. Walk in truth with all of our heart. Walk after Jesus Christ. Walk after the Word of God with all of our heart, not just half-heartedly. You see, your life affects those around you, especially your children and your grandchildren. We must walk in truth, not partly like Solomon, but fully with all of our heart. Romans 14, 7 says, None of us, live, none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. The question for you and me to this morning is, will you walk in truth after the Lord with all your heart? It's going to take Christians saying, you know what? I haven't really been living as close to the Lord as I can. I need to step up. I need to take the challenge. It's going to take Christians to say, you know what? I can get closer to the Lord and step up and take the challenge. It's going to take Christians who say, you know what? I can get closer to God and reading His Word and in prayer and step up and take the challenge. Or we can be content where we are. And watch everything, our children, our grandchildren, the next generations drift farther and farther and farther away from God. You see, it's up to you. And it's up to me. I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. But I can determine in my heart and find a place on my face and say, oh God, Help me to walk after truth and to walk in truth after you, Lord, with all of my heart. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. David wasn't perfect, but David did walk after the Lord with all of his heart. And God said David was a man after his own heart.
This morning you may be sitting here and you've never received Jesus Christ your Savior. If you used to die today, you don't know that you'd go to heaven. You hope, maybe, but you don't know. You know what? You're just like David. He says, I go the way of all the earth. Death is going to come your way if the Lord doesn't come first. Life is short. Life is brief. Get that settled day. Come and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, I'll be standing down front. I want you to come to me. Let me take a Bible, show you how to be saved. Because you see, death comes to all. It doesn't matter who you are. You don't know the day or the hour. Christian, you say, yeah, preacher, that's what I need. I, I need to step up. I need to take that to apply that challenge in my heart that, that, that David gave to, to uh, 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 Solomon, I'll do it later. Can I tell you something? I know the nature of man, and you probably won't. You see, when God's dealing with your heart, that's when you move. But let God have his way this morning. Father, I thank you for loving us. Have your own way. Help us as a church. Help us as a people for you, Lord, to follow you, to walk after truth and after you with all of our heart. Not just half-heartedness, not just half in, half out, but help us to live to the fullness and completeness that we can. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed?